I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 191, in which we had hashtag BFSI, and I'm recording this on Sunday, November 29th, 2015. Um, this is going to be a fairly short episode, because I don't have a ton to talk about. I mean, I did get a lot done, but all kind of on the same thing. Uh, plus, not a whole lot of comments this week, which actually, frankly, I was really expecting. First of all, I gave you kind of a short week because I didn't record on Sunday last week, so it hasn't been a full week since my last episode. Plus, here in the United States, holiday week, lots of people on the road, and we had BFSI, so all of us were too busy chatting on Twitter and Facebook and such to be leaving comments on podcasts. At least, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I do have a couple of comments that I can respond back to. I have a couple of announcements, and then, like I said, I did actually get some sewing done this weekend, so I could talk about that a little bit as well. I want to start out by saying thank you to listeners. Um, thank you to those of you who have been listening for a while, and thanks to those of you who are new listeners. I've heard, again, from another one. It's always nice to um, have some new folks on board. And I also want to say thank you to all of you who participated in BFSI, because it is a whole lot of fun. Um, and especially for me this year that I actually got to do it, because like I said, it's been a while. Now, my first announcement is now that Black Friday so in, or BFSI, is over, it's time to start getting ready for our next one. We also traditionally do a Boxing Day so in, um, the day after Christmas, even though those of us here in the United States don't really observe Boxing Day. Um, again, it's a good pajama day here in my home, and um, I have actually that whole week between Christmas and New Year's off, and at that point, I won't have specific homework to be getting done either. I'm just going to be kind of prepping for my January residency class, so um, I am looking forward to getting all sorts of sewing done that week. So yes, again, we will be doing a Boxing Day sew-in, which will be on December 26th, so do get ready for that. The other announcement is really kind of immaterial to anything except if you are noticing some sort of um, audio difference here. I finally trashed my microphone. I was so tired of that knocking sound that kept happening. It was um, it's the same problem I had with the microphone before. And these are not inexpensive microphones. And they were two different brands. And they're both really highly reviewed. Um, the first one actually did last me. I used it for quite a while before it started having the same problem. That one was a Blue Snowball microphone. This last one was an Audio Technica or something like that. Again, very highly reviewed, um, but it developed the same issue. The cord does not sit tightly in the port of the microphone, and that's where that knocking sound was coming from. I was being really careful on everything else, but you can't, and I can't hear it when it's happening. The only way you can hear it is when you listen to it back, and I couldn't really edit it out. But I finally, like I said, I just get sick of it. So I am back to using my um, USB headset, I don't like using that typically for podcasts because the microphone sits way too close to my mouth, so I feel like you hear every little thing. Uh, but for now, it's what I'm going to have to use, or else um, 
Well, I mean, what I might do is after the holidays, I may either replace my microphone, but that darn USB port thing drives me nuts, and I'm not convinced that it's not going to keep happening with other microphones. Um, or I'm just going to start recording on my phone or my iPad because those recording uh, apps have gotten a lot better than they used to be. Uh, Podbean, which is who hosts my, that's where I host my podcast through, actually now has an app where you can record directly into the app and then it posts directly to Podbean. I haven't started playing around with it yet. One, don't have time. Two, not sure that it would create a file for me such that I could then also upload it to my blog site, which is what I typically do. So anyway, I've got some some stuff I got to figure out with that, and I just don't have time to figure it out right now. So my default mode is my USB headset with microphone, um, and that's what I'm using. So I apologize if you're hearing any random noises with that. Um, <laughs> we'll see how this episode goes to see what I do for my next one. Uh, now, just an update on what I've been up to, and most of that was BFSI, Black Friday. So in here in the United States, again, the day after Thanksgiving is referred to as Black Friday, and it's purely commercial. Um, I've never been keen on Black Friday. I get absolutely actually kind of angry about it now because it involves my son. He works for Best Buy, and so this year he wasn't able to be with us on Thanksgiving at all because for whatever reason, there are people who want to shop on Thanksgiving. So um, it that just, as a mother, I hate it. So <laughs> I won't go into that because there may well be some listeners who wanted to shop on Thanksgiving and I'm, I'm not angry at you personally. I'm just angry at a world in which my son was not able to be with me on Thanksgiving. This was the first year that had happened. Um, I know that's more and more likely to happen as the years go on and as my children have relationships with other families and such. Uh, but this was just the first year we actually had to deal with it. So it was a little bit um, irksome. Had a very nice Thanksgiving, went out to uh, my sister's house. My whole, almost my whole side of the family, my family of birth was together, um, minus a couple of siblings who live out of state. Uh, but the other three of us and all of our families were there and it was a really nice time. Um, I normally, I do like to host Thanksgiving, but it's also nice not to host <laughs> Thanksgiving. Um, I did bring my uh, pumpkin, I have a pumpkin soup recipe that is wildly popular. Every time I've brought it anywhere, people basically lick the pot clean. Uh, so I had asked, and, and I love it myself, and um, don't make it at home because my husband doesn't like it. So and you know soup is one of those things that's really hard to make in small quantities and my freezer is not big enough to make a big pot of soup and then be eating it myself even out of the freezer uh, so i only make that one at the holidays when i have groups of people like if i'm going to a potluck dinner or family events or whatever uh, so i i had asked um if i could bring it as an appetizer and then because we didn't want to ruin people's appetites rather than having bowls of soup i brought uh, plastic disposable shot glasses from that we had gotten from party city we actually had them in the house from a previous event here at my house and um, we did soup shooters <laughs> as our appetizer um, and it worked pretty well the problem is the soup is a particularly thick soup and uh, so you had to kind of scrape <laughs> We were scraping the soup out of the bottom of the shooters with our fingers, but you know, it's family 
We're not exactly standing on ceremony. Um, in the future, if I do shooters again, I might thin out the soup a little bit. But part of what everybody likes about it so well is, is that it is thick. Um, it's a pumpkin smoked Gouda bisque. And the recipe is from tasteofhome.com. So if you go on the website for Taste of Home and you look up pumpkin smoked Gouda, G-O-U-D-A, bisque, B-I-S-Q-U-E, you will know my secret. Um, I do mess with the seasonings a little bit to taste, but basically that's the recipe I use. Anyway, so that was Thanksgiving itself. BFSI, we had our usual fun on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I did spend a few hours in the morning on Friday working on my paper because that's got to get done, but I did then spend most of the afternoon sewing, uh, and that felt really, really good. I I mean, it kind (laughs) of... I felt a bit like I was, you know, stretching my legs. I had to remember how to use the sewing machine again. <laughs> we, it, it and I had a good five minutes of reacquainting ourselves with each other and deciding how we were going to get along. Once we got over that, though, <laughs> things went really smoothly. And um, I was able to get all of the A blocks done of my Jacob's Ladder on Friday. There's A blocks and B blocks, and I need 21 of each. So I got all 21 A blocks done. Um, I then, Saturday, I ended up spending pretty much all day on my paper. I did a little bit of embroidery um, in the evening, but not much because I was fried. Uh, Today, I spent some time working on my paper again, but I did get on my sewing machine for a little bit this afternoon. And then I decided I would take a break and record the podcast, and then I'm going to go back at it unless my husband gets home. He's out watching the Bills game with his brothers uh, somewhere. I'm not even sure where they went, but when he gets home, I'll probably knock off whatever I'm doing and go have dinner and then sit and do embroidery tonight in front of the TV. So anyway, um, on BFSI itself, I did only take advantage of a couple of Black Friday online sales. <laughs> Again, I don't leave my house. I don't do the stores. Um, on Friday itself, I'm, I'm not angry about my son on Friday. It's only the, the Thursday Thanksgiving thing that I get ticked off about. But Black Friday itself, I just don't like crowds, so I don't do it. Um, I have nothing against other people doing it unless they're in fist fights in the Walmart parking lot, but that's a whole other story. Um, I did, however, do a couple of the online sales. The I did buy a couple of Craftsy classes. You know, I'm stocking up because eventually this paper will be done. And then I am going to be, um, you know, like unstoppable in terms of returning back to my crafty life. The uh, other sale, though, I did buy was, or I did take advantage of, was DMC. Uh, had several collections of embroidery floss on sale for 60% off. And these collections were, uh, there were three of them and they were 50 skeins each. And I think I paid something like $14 for them, 14 or 15. I I did the math and I figured out it was something along the lines of 30 cents a skein. And normally you pay close to a dollar for it at Joann's. Uh, So I bought three packs on Friday and then I went back again Saturday night and bought three more of the same bundles because I am going to be donating all of these uh, to a women's empowerment center in Myanmar, in in Burma. I was able to visit this place when I was there in December 2014. I've mentioned already I'm going back again in April of this year, March, April. But although I won't be back at the women's empowerment center, I'm going to be back with the women leadership team that runs this empowerment center. 
they uh, one of the many things that they teach at the Women's Empowerment Center is embroidery as a life skill because uh, women can do embroidered pictures and sell them in the local market or embroider clothes and sell it in the local market. So this is a life skill, a um, workable, marketable trade skill. And so uh, when I was there, I had visited some of the young women learning embroidery. Um, So I don't know what their sources typically are for embroidery, but generally when I go, I want to bring some sort of gift or donation of something that I can fit easily in a suitcase. That's always the trick. And so, uh, you know, what better than embroidery schemes? So um, the three bundles that I got were primaries, a Degas bundle, and a Jacquard bundle. That was just their name for the color schemes that these bundles had. Um, And like I said, I ended up with two of each bundle. So three bundles, 50, 150, 300. I'll be coming with 300 strands of floss plus uh, or 300 skeins of floss. Plus, I did um, contact a couple of my embroidery friends here and, you know, mentioned the sale to them and said, hey, if you want to make donations, you know, let me know. And one of them did already get back to me. And she's actually got a bunch of skeins at home that she had bought on sale somewhere anyway that she's going to be donating. So I will be bringing a bunch of thread with me. Now, I know, you know, I'm not fooling myself. Even 300 skeins of thread will not go really far. They have something like 30 women students at a time, and the student body changes over every three months. They have different class settings. So, you know, my little donation of embroidery thread is not going to go, it's not going to last real long. But it's a gift, you know, it's at least something that they know I was thinking of them and I'm, I'm mentally and emotionally and um, physically supporting their work. So it is what it is. Uh, so that that was really the only sale other than the craftsy classes that I that I took part in. I'm, I'm just sitting here, I paused because I'm trying to remember because I did spend a little bit of time online looking at some of the other ones, but I, I think those were the only ones I actually did any purchases in. So Jacob's Ladder was my primary focus this whole weekend. Um, Like I said, I spent a lot of time on it on Friday afternoon, got all my A blocks done. This afternoon, um, I sat down mostly, I hit a wall on my paper. I really, I mean, I am nowhere close to where I really wanted to be at this point, Um, but I just, my brain hurt. So I had to stop (laughs) and I decided I would work with fabric and color and pretty things for a while and maybe go back to the paper again later today, but I don't know that I'm going to do that. Um, I did get some stuff done, so I'm feeling a little better than I was when I started this morning. Still, that's that's not what I need to be talking about here. I need to be talking about happy things. Um, so today I got, well, I, I had to set up my B blocks. So I only got about six of them. I'm looking at my board. Seven. I got seven out of 21. So exactly a third of my B blocks done. Um, But it did take me a while to set them up. And I I described in my last episode, my stacking system. And this time I did actually take a picture because I know I can't describe it well. Most of you probably do know what I'm talking about. But if there's any newer uh, quilters out there, you may not know that this is a possibility. Um, I don't know that everybody would love to do this, and I don't think you could necessarily do it with every, uh, well, you should be able to do it with anything where you're making a ton of the same block, basically. Uh, But in any case, well, probably the more pieces. Anyway, (laughs) 
can you tell I'm a little mentally fried? I, I'm thinking out loud here, and that's not something I typically do as an introvert. Normally, I know what I'm going to say before it comes out of my mouth. Not so much tonight. Uh, in any case, if you had a lot of units to a single block, it would be harder to stack in the system because you'd have a lot more to keep track of and a lot more possibility of confusion. Um, a Jacob's Ladder is essentially a nine patch block, so it's easier to keep track of. Uh, but I did take a couple of pictures and at some point I will get them on my blog, but probably not until the uh, quilt has actually been gifted because again, there is the possibility that the people that it's going to would see it if I posted it on my blog and I'm trying to avoid that only because of the intersection with Facebook. But I do post things on Twitter, Instagram. Um, so y'all on Twitter and Instagram have been seeing pictures of my progress. Um, the other trick that I've been using that I just wanted to highlight because this has really been helpful in this particular, uh, this particular project is Kimberly Einmo. In one of her craftsy classes, I believe it was the Magical Jelly Roll quilts class that I took. Uh, she, in one point, talked about the, the trick of not cutting the threads when you're chain piecing. So in other words, as you're chain piecing, you keep the threads that go between the units together, within the block anyway, um, and then you keep piecing it with the without cutting those threads. And what happens is it keeps your pieces more organized. You have less of a chance of accidentally flipping a block the wrong way because everything's still stitched together. And again, this is really hard to describe, but I did take a couple of pictures of it. Uh, but again, giving credit where credit is due, I got the trick out of Kimberly Einmo's class on Craftsy, Magical Jelly Roll Quilts, and somewhere on my blog from a couple of years ago, because I took that class a while back, there is a review of the class. You will find it. If you probably if you just search Kimberly Einmo, although several things will come up because I think I've taken a couple of her classes on Craftsy. Plus, I did an interview with her, uh, so that one will come up as well. Um, but I'm almost positive it was in the Magical Jelly Roll Quilts class, and that was a really really good class. So I would recommend taking that class if you haven't. Um, even if it's just to get this one tip about not clipping your, your threads between the chain piecing. Uh, but it, those between those two things, the stacking and not clipping my threads, I think it's helping me keep things sped up. Now I did, in, in all of the A blocks, I never flipped a single piece the wrong way. In my B block, the very first block I sat down to do, I flipped a piece and I had to do some seam ripping. Um, but again, I think that's because I was kind of mentally at my limit at the moment <laughs> and was was not focused in the way I needed to be focused. That was the last one I flipped a piece. Everything else has been going well. Um, I, am, I did have problems with the B blocks because you use all the same units in the A and the B. It's just the way you turn um, the, the half square triangles. In my A blocks, the blue was outie it was all facing out and in my A block or my B block, the blue is facing in, which is a more traditional Jacob's Ladder setting. Um, again, you know, you'll see pictures on Twitter and Instagram if you're on those as to what I mean. Otherwise you're gonna have to wait till the quilt's done. Uh, but when all the units are put together, then you alternate the A and B blocks. And when it's all put together, it ends up looking woven. It's a really cool effect. Um, but where was I going with that? I don't remember now. 
I had a reason for going down that path, and I don't remember what it was now. So we're just going to move on. Um, that's enough about, oh, I know what it was. Uh, <laughs> now I remembered. So I put all my A blocks together, stitched them all together. Then I'm, I'm putting all my B blocks, I'm stacking them. And the reason I'm doing the stacking is so that I can try to avoid as much as possible getting two of the same fabrics right next to each other. Now it is virtually impossible in this quilt because although it's very scrappy, and I used a pretty wide variety of fabrics. There were some fabrics I just had a lot of. So there are some fabrics that show up quite frequently in both the four square, uh, the four patch um, units as well as the half square triangles. And periodically, as much as I tried to keep track of things, they end up sitting right next to each other. But the beauty of a scrap quilt where you use so many fabrics and especially where they're all prints is there is so much visually going on that you don't tend to notice that so much. Um, and I will also just, when I lay out the blocks, I will do my best to keep, if there's two blocks that have two of the same fabrics in it touching, I will just try to keep them apart from each other. So again, you don't end up with this sort of Swiss cheese visual effect. The other thing I will say is I am not giving tremendous concern as I go, <laughs> shall we say, to um, how how well my points are doing. The four squares, are the four patches are all great. Um, it's, you know, putting the blocks together that some of my points don't come exactly where they need to be. They're not way off. I mean, it's it's pretty good, but there are a couple of places where they're off. And I just want to say, one, I'm not sweating it because it's more important that I get this puppy done than that it be perfect. That is the classic quote for <laughs> the quilt world. Done is better than perfect. Two, um, I'm not the type of person to sweat perfection when it comes to my quilting. I do in my paper writing, which is why it's taking me so long. But in quilting, I am all about just getting it done, especially in a project like this. Um, and third, again, the beauty of using so dang many fabrics and so many prints is that you don't even see it. You just don't even see that those points don't come right together unless you specifically go looking for it. And this is not a quilt that's ever going to be in a show. This is a quilt that's going to family members who are, by the way, muggles, as Francis of Off Quilter Quilt refers to them, um, people who aren't quilters themselves and would be unlikely to go looking for things like, do your points match? Now, will they notice it at some point if they're staring at the quilt? Yeah, sure, they might, but will they care about it? I'm guessing not. And if they do, I'll just never make them a quilt again. <laughs> that is a problem easily solved. Chances are I'm never going to make them a quilt again after this one anyway, except hopefully in the future, maybe a baby quilt, but that's easy. Uh, so that's the Jacob's Ladder. I'm really pleased that I've gotten that much progress done on it. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to keep poking away. I've got everything set up and I'm going to leave everything set up but my sewing machine so that even, you know, this week while I'm working, like, 10 minutes, sit down before I go to lunch, whip off a block. You know, I should be able to keep it going so that I can have at least all the blocks done by the weekend. Now, whether next weekend I'll have time to put the whole top together, I don't know yet. Um, last weekend, next weekend is my do or die weekend on the paper because it's due the following Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. I have taken Friday and Monday off next weekend as vacation days so that I can really hunker down and, and work on this paper. Um, 
and I might need every single dang minute of that and not be able to spend time doing quilty things, but I'm really hoping that that's not the case. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, pudgy bird garland. I did get one garland finished. I am not entirely keen on the way it turned out. Um, I think there's some elements of it I can I can just you know trim up and make things match better and, and fix it. Um, it's more the way that it stitched onto the ribbon. I'm not real pleased with the way it, it finished. So I'm approaching the second one differently. And if that one works better in the long run, it'll that'll be the one that I'm gifting. Um, meanwhile, the, the first one, I do have it hanging up on my, on my mantle uh, because I just wanted to see what it would look like from a distance. I did not gallop on a horse by it, <laughs> but I am standing a good 20 feet away from it. And of course, you know, from that distance, it looks fine. And really, I think anybody else would think it looks fine. It's, you know, the classic case of we're our own worst critics. The, the way that the stitching looks when I attached the, um, the little birdie, the felted wool, the bird and the leaf design are both felted wool and you're stitching them onto a ribbon. And I decided on the first one, I used invisible thread and just did it all by machine. And um, you can kind of see the stitching line, which I'm not keen on. That would That's something I was it wasn't the the finished look i was hoping for um but i'm not ripping it all out because first of all i hate ripping out invisible thread and second it's a stinking pudgy bird garland for a holiday and it's not a gift so i'm not gonna spend I, time for me right now is way too precious i'm not going back and redoing that um like i said i think it'll be fine it's just a matter of me getting over myself the second pudgy bird however i decided to start out by trying to hand stitch the birds onto the ribbon to see if you know if I would like that look better. Certainly I do like the look better. It has taken way too stinking long and it's a pain in the butt because it's the birds keep flipping all over the place. I've got them all pinned, so I keep stabbing myself with pins, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It, it's just driving me nuts. So I got maybe three or four of them done that way and decided bag it. I'm doing the rest of them by machine, but I'm not going to um, use invisible thread and I'm not going to stitch in a line. I'm going to just do a, a, a locking stitch, a tack, you know, just tack it down. And I'm going to use um, white thread on the birds and green thread on the, the leaves so that it blends in. Um, and hopefully I won't end up then with those stitching lines or anything. And it, it'll be harder to see how the birds are actually attached. Uh, once I do that, I think that'll look fine. The other problem I have is that um, the birds and the leaves, you have the one layer, the top layer is the one you embroidered, and then there's an identical back layer. Uh, and in the book, they don't actually have you attach these two layers at all. And so you stitch them both on either side of the ribbon, but then they just sort of hang loose and flap in the breeze. I don't like that. So I've actually glued them together. Once on my first garland, once I had them all stitched down, I glued them together. And I'm going to do that with the second one too. I'm not going to try to stitch around them because again, because of the ribbon going right through their head and their tails, <laughs> you can't really stitch it easily. Um, so I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to glue them together. But then I'm going to have to trim them to size because they don't match exactly. Even though you use the same template, first of all, there is no such thing as when you're doing a shape. Um, if you don't have a die cut machine and you're cutting it by hand, there's going to be some margin of error. And secondly, felted wool 
shifts and stretches and shrinks <laughs> and all of those things that again make it virtually impossible to do, cut two birds exactly the same. So what I'm going to be doing is once I get them glued together, I'm going to have to go around and trim them up so that they match. Um, and I think I can do that working around the ribbon pretty easily. So that's going to be my last finishing touch. Uh, all that being said, um, I should have that pudgy bird, the second pudgy bird garland done in the next day or two. And that I can, no, I can't. <laughs> I was going to say that one I can post on my blog. No, I can't. I forgot my mother-in-law has now been on Facebook for a few years, so or for a few months, um, and that's who it's going to go to. But I can gift it to her pretty soon and have that posted on my blog relatively soon. Um, again, you may see it on Twitter and Instagram before that. Uh, my crazy quilt block had been my other goal for Black Friday so when I really wanted to get my crazy quilt block made, but in the end I decided I really preferred focusing on the Jacob's Ladder and just trying to, you know, get her done. Uh, so I haven't actually started putting together my crazy quilt block yet. Um, I did watch all of the Allie Aller class, uh, crazy quilt class on Craftsy while I was doing my Jacob's Ladder. Um, so I've gone all the way through. I am going to still go back and once again watch each, each lesson as I'm making that particular block. But now that I've watched them and now I've watched the whole thing twice with about a year intervening, um, I, you know, it's not going to be that hard to I'm not going to have to watch the whole lesson, maybe just a piece or two here and there to just kind of remind me of how she did things. Um, but that is something that I do hope uh, I might be able to do next weekend because I don't think it would take me that long to put one block together using her technique. Um, but we'll see how that goes. So that's everything I've got going on. Uh, I've been doing a little bit again. Uh, my embroidery, I've got a sampler thing going where I just, if I'm sitting and watching TV and don't feel like working on an actual project, I'll just pick up this, what I'm calling a sampler. It's really just a piece of fabric in a hoop <laughs> for me to do random stitches and flowers and such. And I'm, I'm mostly just playing around with all these pretty, pretty threads I have. I'll choose a different one every time I sit down and, and do something. And I have a lovely, gorgeous thread that I used last night and did sort of a weird caterpillar with antenna. It's actually sort of a butterfly shape, but it doesn't have wings. I may put wings on it tonight with some other thread. It was a beautiful thread. Um, but then I decided I really didn't want to use any more of it on my sampler because it's too pretty a thread. I need to conserve it for um, my crazy quilt or other projects where I can use it to more purpose. It's one of the hand dyed ones I got from one of the Etsy shops. So uh, I may post a picture of it because it's, oh, it's just gorgeous. It's a very, it's a soft, uh, low volume color, variegated. Oh, it's just lovely. Um, so yeah, that one I'll probably put a picture on Twitter, Instagram, uh, just so you can also exclaim over the beauty of this particular uh, thread. I was doing the satin stitch and my satin stitch still needs a lot of work. It's still not as even and smooth as I would like it to be, but again, the thread is worth looking at. So that's everything I've been doing. Um, let me refer to the very few comments I have here. I'm just opening up my email. First of all, I've gotten a couple of really excellent uh, emails from Shelly in response to my questions about using lace in the Crazy Quilt Antique lace from my family. And she has given me a couple of, um, sent me a couple of different emails. I don't think I've got them both in my file here. Oh, I do. 
just lost it. Hang on. Okay, I was going to say I had three comments, and actually two of the three came, comments both came from Shelly um, <laughs> about the lace. And she belongs to a lace guild. I don't know why I never even thought about the fact that there would be such a thing as a lace guild. Of course there's a lace guild. Uh, but she let me know that she said um, one of the people in her lace guild said she didn't think it would disintegrate unless it is black silk thread, which it isn't. It's a, it feels like it's kind of a cotton, you know, standard. Uh, I, I don't know what this is, probably a cotton thread of some sort. Um, and she asks, is it handmade lace, fine thread, tatting cotton, linen thread, all will do different things when wa washed. And... Um, she said, I had mentioned you would soak the lace if needed, so the above are considerations. Uh, it is, I'm pretty sure it's cotton. It feels like cotton to me. Um, it's definitely handmade th lace. Uh, it's pretty uh, fine, very, very small stitches and everything, but it feels like it's a little more sturdy than like a silk would be. Um, but anyway, so Shelley went on to say, using your grandmother's lace and your crazy quilt would put it on display for all to see and not left on a shelf. Maybe take a picture of the piece to leave on the page you took it from so you have a reference for the type of lace used for documentation. And that's a really good idea uh, because one of the things I was a little concerned about was um, denuding the book, <laughs> the original sample book. And it's an excellent idea to take a picture of the lace and then tape that picture into the book with a note as to where that piece of lace ended up. So thank you for that idea. Shelly, the other uh, response that Shelly gave me from, again, from somebody in her lace guild is making sure that all edges are secured, either in the seam allowance or dedicated stitching. And that has was something I was pretty much already planning on doing. But the person then went on to say, make sure the lace overhang on the quilt is at least a half inch seam allowance rather than the quarter inch, which is typical for quilting, just to make sure it's extra secure in there. And also make sure um, that you don't trim it down because it's, let's see, you want to make sure that the lace is secure and if it's cut to the same size as the fabric, there may not be enough stitching to catch all the lace patterns. So that's something else. I'll, I'll have to not only do a larger seam allowance if I'm sewing it into the seam, but then just go back and look at it before I trim it down to make sure every piece of thread of the lace has gotten secured by stitching. And if not, go in and, you know, tack it down a little bit by hand. Um, because if one little thread pops out, then the whole thing will start to unravel on the front. So that's very helpful information, Shelley. Thank you so much. Um, and we proceeded to have more conversation about that. The other email I got was from Amber, who is um, a new listener. She found the podcast a couple of years, uh, a couple of years, a couple of months ago, and has been listening to them as I quilt and when I walk on my treadmill. And then she says, I'm working backwards, which I had to say when I first read Walk on My Treadmill, I first read it as walking backwards. And I thought, wow, that's that is really I've I've done the whole backwards on the treadmill and backwards on the elliptical thing. Um, it takes a lot of coordination. <laughs> I know you're supposed to do it to use different muscle groups, but half the time I'm spending more time thinking about making sure I don't go flying off the thing by going backwards. Uh, but no. Amber is not walking. Well, maybe she is, but that's not what she's referring to. She's working backwards through the podcast. So um, welcome, Amber, and thank you for listening, and definitely keep the comments going. So that's all of the official comments from uh, on my podcast or by email.
or on my blog, but I, I don't think I've actually blogged this week. So um, again, most of the conversation was happening in Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. So that's it for this episode. Um, I Like I said, I really hope to record again next weekend because that means my paper is in really, really good shape. So let's just all fingers crossed <laughs> that I can actually feel like I'm in a good enough position that I can throw out a podcast next week. Um, if you don't hear from me, that means I need your all good thoughts because <laughs> things, things aren't going well and that's that's not happy. Um, so you know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts with at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Flickr, Instagram, all of those places. I am Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. Um, by the way, on Instagram, you need to request to follow me. And I do that just because I don't want my Instagram uh, and Twitter accounts to end up like Facebook, where I have a lot of work stuff going on with my all entangled. So I ask that people follow me or ask to follow me just so I can make sure you're a quilter on Instagram and Facebook because I have separate work accounts. Um, Anyway, back to all these other things. You can friend me on Goodreads. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group and the Crazy Quilt group that I just set up. And you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team, and you will find links to almost all of those things on my website, www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 